0: The Theonauts 107. The one where we take off our shoes to look and see how pretty our feet are. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from
1: around the globe.
0: In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to
1: conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
0: Explore the vast reaches of God's Word.
1: Hello all you Theo-punching bags out there. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are
0: the The Theonauts. Theonauts! How are you, David? I'm good. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I'm good. Just hanging in there. I'm suffering. (laughs) Isn't that horrible? (laughs) That's what we equate it to. Um, Are you being persecuted? I am. My Sooners lost today. How horrible was that? (laughs) Being persecuted by Houston. Yes. Opening opening season, first day. (laughs) Joke. (laughs) It was bad, but... I'll I'll get over it. There are much more important things to do in life than worry about stupid Sooner football and how they break your heart. Yes. Oh, I got the blues. <laughs> the Sooner Football Blues. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, it's been one of those. Yeah. How are how are you you had a you had a men's breakfast this morning. How'd that go?
1: Yeah, yeah. I met with uh, some of the guys here in town at the at the FBC, and and did uh, they invited me over there for their um, little breakfast? Awesome. It's normally a men's breakfast, yes. but there were ladies there this time.
0: Okay, so men and women.
1: Yeah, we t- we talked about. Uh, they wanted me to talk about some of the work I'm um, doing in uh, in Haiti. Awesome. And uh, so basically gave them just a testimony of where all that came from.
0: How God and, moved you to start yeah, working
1: with them. Yeah, and just kind of talked about the God moments. There's yes. all these God moments in this in that situation. It's just crazy. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it went over really good. Uh, yeah, there was some interest there, and so hopefully it will bear some fruit. Um, I'm sure it will. <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, and it actually ties in a little bit to what we're talking about, you know, Yes, today a little bit. Well, um,
0: yeah, we're talking about the gospel and we're talking about suffering, right? Mm-hmm. So doing missions and suffering for the yeah, gospel. Yeah, being on mission and stuff. Being on mission.
1: But yeah, that was that was good. Then I went to the to the um, Hatch Chili Festival in Paris, Texas.
0: <laughs> Stuffed your face.
1: Yeah, I had uh, some uh, sliders, nice with uh, chili peppers on them. Were they hot? And oh yeah, nice and spicy. I bet. And got to listen to a little mariachi band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, it's great. They did the whole... Ay, 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 ay.
0: <laughs>
1: it was good. It was a good band, You too. know, I uh, whenever
0: I was a kid, 15 years old, I had a... Uh, foreign exchange student from Spain Mm -hmm. and he couldn't speak a lick of Spanish. He was there for a whole summer he became one of my best friends. We didn't have any communication other than like I'd point at something and he'd be like "Hmm?" you know or something like that. Anyways, the only thing So he
1: couldn't speak a lick of English.
0: Did I say Spanish? Yeah, you said Spanish. I was thinking the guy's from Spain and he he can't speak Spanish? No, he couldn't speak a lick of English and I, of course, couldn't speak Spanish. So, it was fun though. So fun. And then, but the (laughs) The most fun we had is he'd start singing that song and he taught me how to sing that really song. Yeah, <laughs> and then, uh, ole. ole, ole, ole. <laughs> anyways, Carlos, wherever you are, thank you for a good summer. That was yeah. awesome! <laughs> All right, well, oh, that was awesome. You ready to dive into this amazing subject? Sure. So, I've got a disclaimer. Every time I talk about this subject, I, I get impassioned by it. Yes. But then I feel totally guilty about it. Guilty?
1: For well, being impassioned?
0: No, I feel totally guilty about the fact that I'm not suffering the way. Oh, gotcha. I get passionate about suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, you know, I sat in an air conditioned room this morning in my easy chair eating uh, my jalapeno cheddar uh you know brought and watching o u football <laughs> you know and I'm wondering how many Christians in the world get to do that a lot here in America yeah this is
1: the um th- this is a a very tough thing for Americans like it and it's really cool that this is this has just been keep it just keeps coming up here lately it's funny the way the Holy Spirit works in that yeah you know it's like whenever he has something he wants us to focus on it's like it's coming out of the woodworks, uh, so it's everywhere. So we went to go see the Insanity of God Tuesday yes. night. It was a Fathom movie event. Right, sold out. We took twenty eight people with us. Yeah. Um, then we, uh, it was because of the of the people that still wanted to see it and couldn't. They went ahead and extended the event for Thursday. Wow. And they did it then, and I hear that they've got it open now again for next week. So it, it's like, you know, a fath- these Fathom events are supposed to be a one-night type of thing. Right. This is going to be at least three that they've done, three showings that they've done for this show.
0: Wow, the spirit's kind of moving <clears> in that.
1: <clears throat> and it's, and what's, what's interesting is it's not, like, it's a hard message to hear. Yeah. It's one of these things where people are like... um, you know, you, some Christian movies, like the these Kendrick brother movies, they're they're pretty they're usually pretty feel goody type of Christian movies. Right,
0: right. Um, everything happens, um, like everything works out in the end in these Christian
1: movies. Yeah, it's just like everything falls into place. And That's why. Just,
0: I, I, okay, so I like Facing the Giants. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it has awesome message. Don't get me wrong, I love it, but really should everything have worked out for that coach like literally everything <laughs> yeah. in his life was like 100% perfect by the end of that movie well it's the
1: same way with all of them war rooms the same way it's like they prayed their way into this perfectness right and um and 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 um, I, I I'm not I don't want to take anything really away from I think there there's messages in those movies that people need to hear mm-hmm. but the but I guess what I'm getting at is most christian movies Want to make Christians feel good about being Christians. Yep. That's pretty much what we're at, what what we see, right? Right. This movie is like, dude, are you are, are you willing to die for for this? Is this or is this just something that happens, you know, on Sunday mornings? Right. And people don't really want to hear that message. And they really don't want to hear, uh, you might, your children might die. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Right. And and uh <laughs> So, th- that's why this is an important message, I think, because we here in America see persecution as a problem that must be overcome, right? And we, right. and how many times do you hear people say, don't forget to pray for the persecuted church? Like, it's a separate thing. Right. Like, like there's this persecuted church, and, and they're over there, you know? And, oh, yeah, those poor guys, we sure feel sorry for them. Let's get together and pray for them. But then they're out of sight, out of mind. And it's like uh, one, of the, one of the quotes in this movie was, don't for a moment think that there is a persecuted church and a free church. Right. There is only the church. And so um, the thing is, if you're not being persecuted in some way, even in a small way, you have to stop and think, all right, am I walking in the footsteps of Jesus? Because he was certainly seeing... Uh, Persecution and his disciples certainly saw uh, persecution, and the scriptures are very, very clear about persecution. It's everywhere in the New Testament.
0: Yes, a hundred percent, and that's that's the thing. If we really wanted to do a study on like where Jesus actually talked about being persecuted for your faith, we would have we have a plethora of scriptures to draw from. I mean. He he. In fact, he talked more about follow people following after him, suffering because of that, than really he talks about them gaining anything at all. Right from from following him. Um, my my go to scripture for this really is the uh, um the story of the rich young ruler. Right. More than right. anything, um, <clears throat> he uh basically Matthew 19, right? So I'll I'll use the one in Matthew 19 cuz okay. that one's good. Um oh, should I use the one in Matthew or the one in is it Mark? I'll come back to that. Okay. Wait, no, okay, I found it. Sorry, I've way <laughs> too many things open on my desktop and I hate it when that happens. Um No, 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 no. Okay, I'm almost there. One second.
1: Please be patient while yes, right. Jeremiah finds his passage.
0: All right, here we go, um, and I'll read it in the Holman. Jesus, uh, just then, someone came to him and asked him. We know it was a rich young ruler, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, said Jesus, uh, "Teacher, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus says, "Why do you ask me? Why do you ask me about what is good?" He said to him, "There's only one who is good. Uh, if you want." to enter in a life keep the commandments which ones he asked him Jesus answered do not murder don't commit adultery don't steal don't bear false witness honor your mother and father and love your neighbor as yourself and the young ruler replied i have kept all these from my youth right um he says what do i still lack and then Jesus says if you want to be um be perfect Go sell all your belongings, give them to the poor, you all treasures in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard that command, he went away sad because he had many possessions. And this is the kicker to me. Um, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, it'll be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and said, then who can be saved? Jesus looked and said with them, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. And this is, I love this part. Peter responds to him. And I have this mental image in my head I've always like every time I read this, I, I picture the disciples and they're probably tired and they're <laughs> dusty yeah. and they're dirty and they've been working with Jesus, you know, and they're they're just at the end of the rope kind of. And Peter looks up at him and says, "We've left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? <laughs> like, look, we've left everything. Like I've real I've given up." Everything to yeah, follow you. I had a job with <laughs> yeah, my dad. Exactly. I, I mean we're we've we've surrendered our entire lives <clears throat> to follow you. And Jesus said to him, I assure you, in the age to come, when the Son of Man sits on his throne, you will have followed me, will also sit on the thrones. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone who has left houses, brothers and sisters, father or mother, children or fields because of my name will receive a hundred times more and will inherit eternal life. Um, And the reason I want to read the Mark passage and I didn't have it pulled up was because there's this little phrase in there where Jesus said, Mark includes, Jesus says, if you suffer. <laughs> gotcha, With gotcha. suffering. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> uh, um, And then he says in verse 30, but the one who will be first will be last and the last will be first. Mm-hmm. That's just one little teaching, where basically Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, you're going to leave everything, right? You're going to have to desert everything. Uh, You have these scriptures where Jesus, uh, somebody wants to come follow Jesus, and he says, hey, can you wait a day? Because, you know, I got to go bury my dad, Mm -hmm, right? And mm -hmm. Jesus says... Come follow me and let the dead bury their dead.
1: <laughs> right,
0: right. It sounds like Jesus is being really cold-hearted. You know, it's like what I can't even I can't even have a funeral for my dad. Right. Uh, people come to him and said, "Hey, your mom's outside." And Jesus says, "I don't have a mother or father, brothers, and sisters except for the ones mm-hmm. right here." Right. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the church. He, he basically he's given them a principle: leave everything mm-hmm. and, and follow me. Uh, <clears throat> he says, "Whoever." doesn't hate their mother and father for my sake. Right. It's not worthy of me. I mean, those are just some really tough sayings of Jesus. And what is he saying here? He's basically saying, if you're going to follow Christ, mm-hmm. you are going to surrender or give away everything else for the cause of him. Now, I'm not talking. telling you you need to go And say, "All right, I'm leaving you, wife and kids. Uh, I'm done with that. Right, you know, I'm gone." But But when I'm—that's not what Jesus is saying either. No, it's not. What He's saying is, "Are are are you willing to to give all those up for the for the cross of Christ?
1: Are they worth sacrificing for Jesus? Exactly. And see, this is one of the things that comes up a lot when people, especially missionaries or whatever, going into the mission field. And it's and it's always like, why would you take your children over there? Why would you endanger your children that way? You know, uh, and, and you know, and this movie was a perfect example because uh, the guy that the movie Insanity of God in the book is right. about, Nick Ripken, he he did he took his family to Africa, yeah, and as a result, his son basically died of an asthma attack, right? Um, and there wasn't the type of facilities, and it was hard to get to the hospital and all this sort of stuff, and th- th- his son died. And, of course, he got back and had to deal with all this. You know, if you, hadn't have, if you hadn't have ran off to Africa, you would not have lost your son. And he had to deal with God on that whole concept. Yeah. And But as a result, there were so many good things that came out of his son's death that he couldn't—he was, like, trying to reconcile— All, all of this, and uh, you know, near the end of the story, when he tells this, he tells a story of a person he interviewed that he he referred to as the toughest man I ever met, and this guy was an assassin for uh, Islam, right? Converted to Christianity, man has killed hundreds of people. Um, He talked about how how he converted to Christianity was wackadoo. I mean, like there was no no one converted him. He kept dreaming that his hands were covered in blood, and he couldn't get the blood off his hands. And then he started seeing his hands covered in blood even when he was awake. Right. And he kept hearing this, uh, or he saw finally an image of of someone clothed in white with uh, holes in his hands saying, uh, Seek me. When you find me, the blood will disappear. And so this guy found Christ by piecing together the Bible and all this sort of stuff, and through a miraculous... Yeah. Conversion, right? And uh, ever since he had been like smuggling Bibles and doing all this really dangerous stuff in the country that he's working in, and he's got this this family. And at the at the end of the interview, Nick asked him, "What's your family's role in this?" And the guy lost it, grabbed a hold of him, and was like. How could God ask this? How could he ask this of me? He was like, I'm willing to die for this, but why my children? Why my wife? Why bring them into it? I don't know what to do because I'm endangering them, and et cetera, et cetera. And the Holy Spirit just basically gave Nick the right words to say at the right moment. Right. Because Nick didn't have an answer for that. Yeah. And basically he said, Well, let me just ask, Is Jesus worth it? And the guy just it it was just like a revelation. Re- revelation to him. It was like an uh, epiphany or whatever. He was like Jesus is worth it. Yes. Ultimately, that's the that's the 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 goal. Jesus is worth it even if I have to watch my children die, even if I have to watch my wife die. Jesus is worth that. Yes. And that is that is a hard message. That is so hard especially for Americans. Right. Because the worst persecution we usually see is you know, I mean, you can't pray in school. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this stuff is not going to, like, kill you.
0: Right. right. <laughs> and, yeah, the <clears throat> darkest days in America, which a lot of people believe we're in, are, are no comparison to some of these places around the world. Um, and so for us as Americans, it is really hard. It goes back to what I was saying. You know, it's it's hard for me to imagine um, and I don't know. Being an American, being born in this country, is a great privilege and a blessing, and it's a great curse, I believe. Wow. Um, there's there's a,
1: some some quotes by some uh, theologians here I wanted to throw out okay. uh, just because we're, you know it's not like this is a new thing, and it's not like we're dreaming this stuff up. I mean, this is like this is biblical stuff. This right. is this is the Bible. <laughs> In reality. Yes. Um, But if we look at uh, C.S. Lewis was one time uh, asked, why do the righteous suffer? And his response was, why not? They're the only ones who can take it. (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. Um, Helen Keller said, although the world is full of suffering, it is also full of those who overcome it. Um, Malcolm Muggerich said... Contrary to what might be expected, I look back on experiences that at the time seemed especially desolating and painful with particular satisfaction. Indeed, I can say with complete truthfulness that everything I have learned in my 75 years in this world, everything that has truly enhanced and enlightened my experience has been through affliction and not through my happiness. (laughs) Amen. So anyway, um, I, th- I think one of the key verses that we need to to keep in mind is uh, from Jesus himself. So Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Yes. He knows what's in store for him. He knows he's about to, to be tortured and put to death. And he's spending this last evening with his disciples, and he gives them this, this whole plethora of of. Knowledge that he's just like explodes on them before he leaves, right? Right. You have the Lord's Supper thing happening uh, at Passover. Then you you know do this in remembrance of me. But then he continues on and love one another, and and you're going to be there for one another, and you're going to have to 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 stick to this. Oh, and by the way, the Holy Spirit is coming, dude. This is so cool. I've got to leave, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit's coming, and so hold on to that. And oh, don't be scared right. because uh, I'm going to prepare a home for you. And if I've gone, then uh, you'll, you'll be there too. And I mean, it's just like this constant affirmation, uh, be one, be united in, in, through me. Be one like my father and I are one. I mean, he has all these things that he's telling them in this, in this, last, um, th- th- this last speech. Sure. But let's look at uh, one particular thing that he tells them. He says, if you were of the world, this is uh, John 15, verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. And if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they've kept my word, they will also keep yours.
0: Yes. So there's a, a couple key things there that I really pull out of that, that text right there. Mm-hmm. The first one is this idea of not of this world. Okay. Yes. So imagine it like this, and th- this is the crudest way that I can, could explain this, but I'm, my mind's on college football because of what happened today. Yeah. So you think of like the biggest rivalries in college football. Okay, you have Texas OU. Texas OU. So let's use Texas OU for a second. Okay, <laughs> there is a lot of heated animosity between yes Texas fans and OU fans. In fact, if you go to the uh, Red River rival- Red River Rivalry every year, let's yeah. say that three times. There's going to be sense. a fight. There's always at least a couple fights. In fact, they'll tell you, if you're from Oklahoma, there's a certain way you need to travel down there to the game, and there's a certain way you need to get out of that city. Yeah. Because the Texas You don't want to walk
1: those streets. Especially when you're
0: OU. You... Yeah, Garb, and being alone, you need to be in a group, all this stuff. So the imagine coming as an OU fan down to Texas territory, let's say going to Austin, mm-hmm. all alone, wearing an OU shirt, an OU hat, right, uh, driving a car that has an OU sticker on the back. You are entering hostile territory. You have a mark on you already. <laughs> Because you support OU. Now, this is a very basic now, thing. Now, wait a
1: minute. I'm, I'm taking
0: some offense to this. Don't take offense because the same thing happens if a Texas oh, guy okay. comes to Norman. <laughs>
1: It happens because people say, like, "Oh, okay, so the OU people are going to be the person." <laughs> I'm just faithful. using
0: that because I'm an OU fan. <laughs> but let's keep going here. So okay. here's the the idea <coughs> is you're not of that world. You're from a different world, mm-hmm. and you're going mm-hmm. into a hostile environment. Right? Who is the ruler of the world today? Well, God is the supreme ruler, yeah, yeah. but he allows Satan. Who's the prince of the world. The prince of the world. He allows Satan control. Mm-hmm. And you look at this in media. You look, at the, you look at this from the rulers of this world, the people who are on their thrones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm talking about America all the way through. Satan is the prince of this world. If there's one thing that Satan wants to stop, period, one thing. It's the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. Because he doesn't want people coming out of his kingdom Amen. into the kingdom of light. So if you are not of this world, then you are going to be hated for Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings a big question. Are you not of this world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Because if if you are, then you should naturally... And that's, the, that's the million dollar question. Really. Yes, that's a huge question. If you are, then you should naturally be expecting some kind of backlash. Mm-hmm. And maybe you are not of this world, but you're sitting on your blessed assurance, not doing anything. And Satan's not interested and, 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 in that kind of well, stuff. Well, here's the
1: thing is binary. Yeah. Right. I mean, you can't be both. Right. You're- you can't be, it's, it's, you can't be dual citizenship mm-hmm. here. I mean, y- you have to belong to one or you belong to the other. And, uh, this reminds me of, another, we're going to keep referencing this movie, by the way, because oh, it's yeah. big time on, our, on right. our hearts and minds. But okay, one Ooh, of the things that they, ouch, they the, the Chinese were saying
0: yeah.
1: in, in there was, we, of course, we're persecuted and we will side with the persecuted. He says, because you can either side with the persecuted or you're siding with the persecutors. So he said, if I stop sharing my faith, I'm doing the same thing the persecutors are doing. That's right. And I'm identifying myself with the persecutors. Yeah. So he says, you have to ask yourself the question, whose side are you on? Yeah. Are you on the side of the persecutors or the persecuted? Because that will determine whether or not you're sharing the gospel with others.
0: Right. So if, if you are on the side of the persecuted, then you're obviously going to be persecuted. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural thing that happens. So the, so the, the other question is why God allows that. And I believe the simple reason is, is because that's how he gets his gospel Mm. to the masses.
1: Okay. And that's, that's a good thing. Let's also, uh, I've got some more passages here and it, it, it is just amazing to me that how, once again, we were talking about this before the show, how God's little symphony works. You know, is it, you right. know we got one instrument playing here, one instrument playing here, and they're all playing the same tune. Um, we go see this movie on on Tuesday night. Yes, Thursday night is our normal Bible study here at at the coffee shop. Right, and we're we're stepping through uh First certain Peter. books, and yeah. we ch- we we happen to choose four weeks ago, uh First Peter. Yes, we're in First Peter chapter four, and so unless you're. In, if you're not familiar with First Peter, well, First Peter in general is about suffering, right? But First Peter four is like the gung ho charge about it. It's where Peter goes to town on <laughs> yeah. on persecution and right. and uh, I love the way one of the commentaries put it. It was like being armed for persecution. Yeah, was what the whole chapter is about. So, but I want to look at a couple of verses in First Peter because they tie into exactly what we were just saying about why are Christians persecuted? In uh, 1 Peter 1, uh, let's look there in verse 6 and 7, reading from the ESV. It says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness genuineness of your faith <laughs> More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is why Christians are persecuted. Yeah. It is, a, it is tried by fire, and it will also give more glory and more honor to Jesus when he's actually revealed. Yes, when everyone in the earth sees Jesus and has to bow down and has to honor him, you will you will bring him more glory because you said it before it happened. Right, and you had to go through pain because of it. Yeah. So and and, and I love this this whole thing, but but he says it will test the genuineness of your faith. So that's the, the question is not you know. Um, it's not how much faith does it take, but is it genuine? Yes. Is it real? Is it really faith that you have, if you're not willing to be persecuted?
0: Right, and we find uh, all throughout Scripture a correlation between persecution and future glory.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, you
0: ha- you have it in Ro- uh, uh, Revelation, where um, uh, the the martyrs are in glory, right? And mm-hmm. they they ask God how long. Uh, Will you allow the suffering, and and God says, uh, you know, until the time is complete? So you have this uh, correlation. Jesus, we just read the rich young ruler, where he correlates suffering with glory. Uh, One of my favorites is Romans 8, um, and I pulled that up one uh, real quick, uh, starting in verse 12. So then, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die, but if the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but a spirit of adoption as the sons so we cry out of a father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided, verse 17, <laughs> dot, 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 <laughs> provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation is subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom from the glory of the children of God. So the idea is that we are in this creation, we're groaning for this future glory. Yeah. But we will suffer uh, before we get to that future mm. glory if if we're and in what Christ.
1: and what's funny is going back to. Uh, verses and breaking down, memorizing verses and stuff like that. And we, how many times have you heard those passages leading up to that, but they stop prior to the whole part about provided you actually go through some suffering. <laughs> right. It's like everyone wants the other part. Future heirs with Christ. Yes.
0: Let's and, go eat some potluck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, going back to, to the insanity of God, uh, Nick said, you know, I determined when we were in Somalia – that all I was seeing was sacrifice without the resurrection. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And he was like, but I came to the realization that I've been looking for, that I've been wanting resurrection without sacrifice. And he says, he went on this journey to find tools around the world to interview people who are being persecuted to see how in the world do you pull this off? Right. And he says, what I found was the resurrected Christ. That's Amen. what I found was was true resurrection, because true resurrection comes when true sacrifice comes. And we all want to be resurrected, right. but man, we sure don't want any sacrifice.
0: And, and that's why suffering is necessary. And it, the great correlation is the gospel comes with suffering. Mm-hmm. It always comes to suffering. Um, so the gospel, I, I wanted to talk about. The disciples, but I also want to start with Paul before I talked about the disciples because I think, as a picture of somebody who suffers uh in bringing the Gospel, Paul is probably the best picture out of everyone yeah right yes. um so. You have this great and he doesn't let people forget it either. No, he doesn't. You have this great <laughs> statement in Acts 9. And neither does God, by the way. Acts 9. This is great. Acts 9, 16. And this isn't Paul saying this. So this is Paul's conversion, right? Yeah, Paul yeah. becomes Paul. And uh so God blinds Paul, and then he sends Ananias to Paul to be <laughs> unblinded. And Ananias is like, no God, I really I don't want to do this because that guy kills people or he right, has people arrested to right, be killed right. for Christ. And uh and God's like, No, listen, um, I'm gonna send you there because in this act nineteen nine sixteen, for I, I love this little line. For I I will show him how much he must eat cake. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. How yeah, much yeah. That's what it says. He, he must get a a Bentley. <laughs> How much he must? He, he gets a G six jet. Yes, in the name of Jesus, Joel Osteen, I'm pointing at you. For I will show him how much he must suffer, suffer for my namesake. And what happens? Paul suffers. Oh yes. I mean, Paul suffers, and yeah, he's not ashamed to share no. it. Second Corinthians, right? Eleven. <laughs> I repeat, verse 16, I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do accept me the fool, for that too I may boast a little. What I am saying, that this boastful confidence, I say not uh, as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since I may boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools being wise yourself. For you bear if someone makes a slave of you or uh, devours you or takes advantage of you or puts airs or strikes you in the face. To my shame I must say, we too are weak in that. Whatever will dare to boast, I'm speaking as a fool, I dare to boast. Are you a Hebrew? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are you offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking like a madman, right? So he keeps on going. If I must boast, uh, he says, uh, I am talking like a man with far greater labors for far greater embarrassment. Imprisonments with countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews, one, uh, The forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger from the city, danger from the wilderness, danger at sea, (laughs) danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in the cold and exposure. And apart from these things, there is a care of the church pressure on me from my anxiety for all the churches who's weak. And am I not weak? Who is made to fall? Am I not indignant? Right. If I must boast, I will boast on these things to show my weakness. So, I mean, if anybody suffers,
1: yeah. And he left off the part that was bitten by a snake.
0: (laughs) Right. um, I mean, and then you look at eventually what happens to Paul beheaded Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the gospel of Christ. You look at the rest Of, uh, the disciples. You got Peter, who's hung on an X-shaped cross upside down. You got Andrew, um, who was beheaded, right? Yeah. Andrew was beheaded. James, the son of Zebedee, killed with a sword. John, um, didn't die, but was boiled alive and then ended up on the island of Patmos for the rest of his life alone. Philip, uh... Traveled to Egypt and was scourged, thrown into prison, and crucified. Bartholomew, <laughs> right? Crucified. Thomas, um, he was run through with a spear. Matthew uh, was stabbed in the back by a swordsman. Uh, <laughs> J- James uh, the Less, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Beaten and stoned. Uh, and then they killed him by hitting him on the head with a club. Thaddeus was crucified. Simon uh, was crucified, right? Mm-hmm. Which one was thrown from the pinnacle? Did I skip that? Maybe that was one. Actually, James. I think it was James. Uh, yeah, I'm not real familiar with the all the, the was tradition. thrown from the pinnacle. Okay, so uh, eleven. <clears throat> habits, where does, yeah? So where disciples. does where
1: does this God wants you to be profitable and you know? <laughs> it doesn't fit anywhere on this. <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, th- these guys. This is an is a picture of what christianity is right and um and 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 you know going back to the first peter letter okay peter wrote this and in scholars estimate that he wrote it in 62 or 63 a.d because he died in 67 a.d okay. okay in 64 that was the year rome burned nero then blamed christianity for the destruction. Right. And all of a sudden Christianity became the sport. Yep. That that's when people started getting thrown into Colosseums that and fed to lions and all this or sort of stuff. Dipped in wax
0: and okay. hung out for parties.
1: Yeah. So is this just coincidence that Peter's writing this letter about suffering mm. like a year before that starts happening?
0: Oof.
1: I don't think so. I think that there's a reason why Peter was was called to write this letter and and um, because he was basically saying, you know, in chapter four, he's like, you had your chance as a Gentile right, to, to, to act like the Gentiles, to party, to have these drinking parties and to just go crazy. Yeah. He said, but that time is over. Right. He was like, oh, that's, that, that's in the past. And, um, um, like if we look at, at, uh, verse 12, uh, is when he, of, of first Peter four is whenever he really turns the card on him. He says, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you.
0: Wow. What's happening? I can't believe, you know? He says,
1: but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So it's like, uh, once again, it's the same thing. We want the resurrection, but we don't want the, the sacrifice. And he's like, no, you want the sacrifice. You want to, this is what Christ did right. do you not want to identify with that? Yeah,
0: and I think one of the things that we we is particularly as Americans uh, fall into is this category. Well, yeah, but that that was in the past. Mm-hmm. They were they were crucified and beaten, and then the gospel spread, and now everything's at peace. Um, but you can look and you can see throughout all of history up to present day. Um, go read Fox's Book of Martyrs, mm-hmm. which deals from a thousand right, right. on up to around fifteen. 1500s right um, of all all these deaths yeah. uh, for for the gospel um, go look at the go look at the reformers okay mm-hmm. uh, and see how they died uh for most th- of the
1: book, book of martyrs are reformers, are reformers.
0: Mm-hmm. so you can see how they died f- for their for their faith then don't just stop there go on through history look in the look in the 1900s look in the 1970s uh the story of Jim Elliot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great story about a guy who takes and uh um wants to reach this one tribe that's known for its cannibalism and it's uh known for its just ferocity other tribes in uh, South America won't even touch them because uh, because of how dangerous they are. They kill each other. Right. There's no right. rules there. <laughs> and so Jim Elliott wants to go and witness to them. So he starts uh, little by little making contact. And what happens? He and his missionary group end up getting the spears, right? They, they end up dying. And by the way, um, one of their missionaries had a pistol on him. Right? Mm, he Yeah. And they had spears. Yeah. And yet he didn't use that pistol. He let them kill him for the gospel. And what happens out of that? Jim Elliott's wife and Nick St. Cloud, is it Nick St. Cloud? Mm-hmm. His wife... Uh, and Son, yeah, and son, go and end up living with this tribe and convert the entire tribe to Christianity on the backs of Jim Elliot's death, on the back of that missionary group's death. You have that story, um, and you 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 don't need to stop there. You can look at countless stories, even up into modern times. Uh, Google the voice of the martyrs. Oh, yes. And start reading that. I pulled Subscribe one Subscribe to their mailings, today, man. Today, you, yeah. You'll get some very eye-opening things in the mail. This is from today. An Indian pastor was kidnapped from his home by a a communist gang and then murdered, leaving behind a grieving wife and four children. Pastor Johann's body was discovered July 30th near his home, and yet Pastor Johan's wife says that her husband was killed for the sake of Christ. A mob of two dozen or more armed men stormed the 45-year-old pastor's home in the evening of July 29th and took him by force. It would be the last time his family would see him alive. The Moazist, members of the Communist Party of India, beat the pastor, stabbed and shot him before finally cutting his throat. They dumped his body in the bushes, leaving his hands tied behind his back and a warning note nearby. He must not have had strong enough faith. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. And by the way, where is he with his wife and children Mm -hmm. living in this condition? Mm -hmm. And we in America would sit back and say, well, he's not taking care of his family. Right? Yeah. Or he's, you know, he's definitely not worse than an infidel. Yeah. <laughs> pull out those verses and it's terrible, you know? <laughs> but the reality is, is I think he's taking care of his family way more than we do here because mm-hmm. he's preparing uh, or he's setting the precedence for preparing for what's to come, not what's here. Right. Which is beautiful. But you can get stories like that every day from Voice of the Martyrs or, you know, Anybody else, journeymen or any any other uh, missions group. But so this is not something in the past. This is something that's happening every day. And it's even getting more hostile as time goes on uh, around the world. Mm-hmm. Just because it's not in your backyard doesn't mean it's and, not happening. And here's to, who's
1: to say that it's not going to come to your backyard?
0: That's right. I mean
1: if we look at history and history repeats itself, you know, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, you know, everything, everything is, has happened before and it will happen again. And, and all you have to do is look and it, it's amazing how much the United States mirrors the path that the Roman empire took. So the Roman empire enjoyed some relative peace they were vicious, you know, to their oppressors or to, to the to the people they had conquered, um, but the citizens of Rome, you know, were, yeah, you know, not that bad off. And uh, but look what happened: they began to indulge themselves in more and more debauchery and more and more self indulgence and hedonism and all this sort of thing. And it worked its way into their government. Uh, you know, we talked about Nero. He played his violin while Rome burned. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, complacency. Right. And uh, and, and he, Rome, la- the, the 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 empire of Rome lasted what 200, 250 years. Yeah. So look at uh, look how long the America's been here. Right. Have we about ran the course? Hmm. Um, you know, it 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 would not surprise me if we started losing some of these liberties because we're just becoming too complacent. Uh, I think that based on what we see, we're not seeing the same caliber of people uh, like say that we had during World War II. Right. Um, How many, how many people are still around to stand up for the liberties that, that are here. And I'm not saying that we should or shouldn't. I'm just saying that uh, I just think things are changing. Yeah. And because of that, I think that we could see persecution in the future. Definitely. So what we have to do is instead of going, oh no, what do we do? We should look to the to things like the letter that Peter wrote, where he said, he tells you how to prepare for this, by the way. It's so cool. He doesn't say, okay, now just just believe really hard and pray a lot and and just stand firm. He does doesn't say that. He says, stop goofing off. Stop being a drunk. Stop your debauchery. Stop uh, all this self-indulgence. And instead, love each other, serve one another, work for one another. And he's tying all this into this Christian persecution. Right. Which I think is really cool because what he's saying here is this is how you arm yourself Mm. for persecution. You bathe yourself in agape. Yes. God's love. And, and, and others, you bathe them yes. with agape, and you, you you make it so much part of your life that nothing can hurt you. Right. Like any persecution cannot penetrate that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the number one thing. And I think the number two thing is continually remind each other and admonish each other about heaven. Yes, continually that we're remain. not of this world. Remind each other remind our, of our home country. We're ambassadors. So, what is a what is an ambassador? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to a foreign country, uh, where does the ambassador live? He lives in in the, the embassy. Embassy, okay. <laughs> Which is this? You know, this place on foreign so- soil that in this place looks like home. Right. Okay. So our churches. Our families should be embassies, embassies, <laughs> looking like yes. home and showing that to everyone else. And what does home look like? What does heaven look like? It's perfect love, it's perfect unity, it's perfect peace, it's perfect harmony. Mm. Does does your church is, there, is it look like that? Yeah. Does your church look like that? That's a, that's a big question. So we continually remind each other and admonish each other of home. I I love this story and it's a a shocking, scary story, but. It's a true one, uh, pulled out of the voice of the martyrs, and I read it um uh I didn't read it actually John Piper read it to me uh in two thousand three <laughs> i I listened to this yeah. doing missions and dinings game at the end of it, he read the story about this pastor and his family who uh were surrounded by uh, gorillas, uh and they pulled him out, made them he had a eight year old son a ten year old son uh a wife, and him mm. as missionaries pulled them out made them dig their own graves made them kneel and then shot them into the grave yeah. and uh he he brings up this wonderful thought that maybe the pastor maybe the pastor uh was admonishing his son guess what in just a little bit you get to see Jesus face to face if you endure this right after that is is Jesus mm. right right after that is heaven so the suffering this this thing right here this is nothing. Soon we get to be with Jesus. And do we believe that? Right? Cuz my my human half, my my worldly ideal is if I were that pastor I'd be like trying to do, fight off fend off do everything I could. Right. You know right. what I mean to to save that life. But maybe in saving our lives we lose them. Mm which is exactly what Christ said. Yeah. Uh whoever will give up his life for my sake
1: will save it. That's right. And uh well you know uh, for, uh I, I want to get one more passage out of 1 Peter here, okay, uh before we we end. Um and this is a passage that's sometimes read out of context, so I think it's really good to remember that we're talking about persecution before we read, read it. it. He actually quotes Psalms out of the Septuagint because if you go to your no matter what translation you're reading, if you go to this, this passage in Psalms, uh, it will not read exactly the same as Peter is saying it. But if you read the Septuagint, it does. It's kind of interesting. Nice. <clears throat> so anyway, in, in 1 Peter 4, 18, he says, and he quotes, if the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. Okay. So there's a lot in that. Yeah. Okay. First off, whenever he says this statement about if the righteous are scarcely saved, what is he saying? Is he saying that, uh, managed by the skin of their teeth that they're making it,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, that, that man, the righteous are just barely saved, man. It's just like, it's just barely happening. No, that's not what he's saying. It can be read that way in our English understanding of things, but what this word "scarcely" means is it means difficulty. Right. So, in other words, he's saying if the righteous are difficultly being saved, like if it's painful, if it hurts, if it's if it is a if their salvation is a painful process, it's like birth. Yeah. You know, birth gives this great blessing of life, but it is not a pleasant experience. I wouldn't know, but <laughs> from what I've you heard, hear, yeah. I, from what I hear, <laughs>
0: what we hear, is pretty bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, but, so that's what he's saying. He was like, he was saying, look, if the righteous are going to be saved through this painful process, he says, just think how bad it's going to be in the end for the ungodly. So let's say let's say if you are uh, sure it, you can you can deny God and um, and 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 not go through some sort of earthly persecution here, but in the end, is it going to be better off for them? Wow! No, if and and it, if if it takes painful salvation, if this, if salvation is painful, is Jesus worth it? Right. And the answer is yes. Yeah. Jesus. Is, is worth it. And so what does he say in verse 19? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will. In other words, this is not an accident that God is using pain because through pain comes growth and experience and power yeah. and glory for Jesus. So he says, those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to this faithful creator. So, in other words, put, give it over to him. Right. Give your complete life over to him. Entrust him with this. He's faithful. Right. He's the creator of the entire universe. And he, and he is more faithful than any of us right. ever will be. And then, of course, the last part, he says, while doing good, so that your activities play a part in how well you can actually go through this process right <laughs> is whether or not you're focused in in areas where you're doing good and doing good works. I'm not saying that this is a works based salvation it, it says that you're saved difficultly. so yes. I mean that's the saving has already happened, but those works are the are are what is exemplifying this hard salvation, right.
0: I think um, I have one more one more little thing to add to that. Okay. And I think that one of the, one of the reasons we suffer so much, and I really believe this is um, because other people see that, and it makes them realize how real it is. So um, I'll give you an example. if uh, If I were to make you dinner. Uh, and I said, come over and I'm going to make you dinner. And when you got over, I popped a pizza in the oven and took it out and gave it to you. It, it'd be good. It'd be good pizza. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's say that I invite you over for dinner. And so before you came over, I cleaned house all day. Uh, I made it perfect in there. I busted out the, the, uh, the the fine china and i busted out the f- fine forks and all that stuff and and i made you steak that i've been marinating for a week right or right, a couple days right and i worked i slaved all day so hard over a hot oven to make it just right make it perfect okay let's say i did that which one would you when you walked in realize how much i care about you would you definitely yeah the one that was harder to do the one that was harder to do yeah one of the reasons we suffer is because it it shows and i i couple this with colossians where paul says now i rejoice in my sufferings for you and i fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body which is in the church Mm. and you ask that question what is lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body (laughs) <laughs> and the answer is nothing was lacking in the, in the afflictions of Christ's body. What I mean by that is he, he died perfectly. Right. It, salvation right. is in him. The only thing that's lacking is us taking it to the people. Yes. And how are we taking that to the people with great pains? We're finishing with, what he started. Great suffering. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyways. So, all right. Well, hey. We've exhausted that subject.
1: All right. You got some news for us? Yeah, let's do it.
0: And now, the news. Pamela Anderson has now come out saying that porn is a public hazard of unprecedented uh, seriousness. Wow. Yeah. Um This is from Relevant Magazine. Pam Anderson, an actress and model famous for posing in Playboy magazine, is now speaking out against the dangers of pornography. Anderson and Rabbi uh, botik that's her rabbi, I guess, have published an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal referencing the multiple sexual... Uh, sexting scandals involving former former congressman uh, Ashley Weiner and most recently which led to his wife uh, Huma Abdeen to announce that their marriage is ending the piece is behind the piece is behind a paywall but it's worth reading if you're a Wall Street Journal subscriber they wrote if anyone's still doubting the devastation that porn addiction wreaks uh, Rex, sorry, on those closest to the addict, behold the now shattering marriage of of uh, Mister Weiner and his wife, mm-hmm. which uh, it's pretty amazing that that Pam Anderson's coming out against it. Yeah. Kind of interesting, especially. I don't know about you, not but I'm overly, a child of the '90s. Yeah,
1: not overly surprising, though. Yeah, I mean, there's there are actual porn stars that are coming back that are saying, doing this, is, this yeah. and they're saying, "Hey, look, this was basic slave. This is slavery. slavery. Uh, I went through this, and right. it was not a good thing." Yeah. <laughs> so, all right,
0: Bill Nye is returning the to TV. Guy. Yeah, the sci- the quote-unquote science guy who once entertained entertain young millennials with cool household experiments is coming to Netflix from the sound of the show's description. He won't shy away from controversy. Each episode of the series will tackle a topic from a scientific point of view, dispelling myths and refuting anti-scientific <laughs> claims that may be espoused by politicians, religious leaders, or Titans of industry. Yeah. In other words, I'm coming after the Christians, right? That's really what he wanted to say. <laughs> It
1: was, it was like, we're, we'll dress this up so it doesn't sound like we're absolutely going to be attacking Christianity.
0: Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Wow. Uh, a Russian Orthodox church leader has been arrested by laws banning evangelism. Uh, the law passed, approved last month by Russian President Vladimir Putin, has begun to take effect. Uh, they arrested a Christian leader, Sergei And he has a Russian last name. A representative of the Ukrainian Reformed Orthodox Church of Christ the Savior was arrested earlier this month for preaching in St. Petersburg Messianic Jewish community. He was charged with performing illegal missionary activity. So it's starting again in Russia. Mm -hmm. So we'll be in prayer for our Russian friends. Brothers and sisters, yep. And know that, you know, they're going to be suffering. Um... How about some Pope news? that sound good? Oh, yes. I would love some. And come together. Hallelujah, the Pope is here. <laughs> <laughs> we have my... Okay, so Dylan's sitting in the in the room yeah. while we're recording this. Yes. And I realized that that music is just coming through our headphones, so he's probably no, he's thinking thinking what staring what the world's nothing. going yeah, on? I'm kind of confused. <laughs> that was hilarious. Anyways. <laughs> I heard a little bit of that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's some kind of, like, intermission. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So Pope Francis meets Mike, Mark Zuckerberg and, Whoa. and his wife at the Vatican. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In August 29th 2016 uh, Pope Francis met with Zuckerberg co-founder and CEO of social networking giant Facebook at the Vatican marking the latest in a string of visits from other major tech heads this year according to the August 19th uh, communique from the Vatican Francis and Zuckerberg who are accompanied by his wife who is accompanied by his wife Priscilla spoke to uh, spoke of how to use communication technologies to alleviate poverty encourage the culture of en- uh, counter and bring a message of hope, especially to the most disadvantaged. The theme of poverty and bringing a message of hope to the poor and marginalized is something Francis is spoken about ceaselessly, ceaselessly, since his election, barely stopping to take a breath for wow. in the past three years. So, how many
1: how many Facebook friends do you think the Pope has?
0: Oh, I imagine he has a lot of friends.
1: <laughs> he's in a Pope, of course. He's, he's going to have a million friends. He's, he's, he's posting
0: memes. Right. You know, <laughs> Of himself? Yeah. Like posting joke, Pope jokes. It's, yeah. it's got to be awesome. It'd be cool to be the Pope. have got all to these, be the
1: Pope. I've got all these heresy memes. I'm just kind of waiting on the right <laughs> opportunities to throw them out there. Sure. Again. That's
0: great. Uh, all right, that's all I got for us today. Really? That's it? Yeah. Well, you want to do some trivia? Hey, if, you, if we got the
1: time. Yeah, we got it.
0: Hook me up with a card. I do. Theo trivia.
1: I've got a, some new cards, actually. Awesome. Like, I got them out of the box. We kept repeating them so much. Yeah, we did.
0: That uh, all right, and I don't even remember where we are. Well, let's so start over. Old Testament. <laughs> we always
1: are like. Yo, oh, let's, let's, start let's do the Old Testament. Let's again. start in the
0: new. Let's start. Uh, let's start in the middle. Let's start with names. Okay, let's do that. Name the father of Canaan.
1: Okay, I am going
0: to say, Canaan spelled C-A-I? No, no, no. C-A-N-A-A-N. Okay, okay. Father of a nation.
1: Okay, okay. Uh, I am going to say Ham.
0: Yep, you're right.
1: Yeah!
0: That was good. Yeah. I would have missed that one. <laughs> I mean, I would have said either Ham or Japheth, right? Mm-hmm. But, oh, well.
1: Okay, names. Who was the first child of Ruth?
0: Well, that would be Rebecca, my sister I'm joking Although (laughs) Ruth is my mom's name I'm going to say Obed Yes
1: Nailed it
0: Who had Jesse And Jesse, he had David Yeah Yeah David, he had Solomon. Oh Obed. 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 Oh man. Oh man. Oh, wait. Alright, here we go. Letters, numbers, and sequences. Yeah, that's what we're on. Which book in the Bible immediately precedes Obadiah? Hmm. <laughs> it's one of them old testament books, dude. Get your old testament facts out. Come on. <laughs>
1: You know what? I never memorized that song. (laughs) My my wife has this "Exodus Leviticus" song about Uh, um, Zephaniah.
0: No, horrible. Close. Amos. (laughs) Amos. Amos.
1: Amos. Okay, here's your. I got to hold this at arm's length because of the type of glasses I got on. Yeah, that's true. No, it's the glasses. It's totally the glasses. Okay, which year? is closest to the year of Jesus's birth. Oh, no, this is tricky because there's different opinions about it. Let's pick another one. Or do you want to hear that one?
0: No, pick another okay, one. Okay, pick
1: another one. You know it's going to be 4, 6, or 0, right. or 4 AD. I'm going to say 0. And their answer I personally believe was 4 BC.
0: Huh.
1: But that's disputed. Yeah. It was BC. Uh, Gregory missed the date somewhat.
0: Right, but it's closer to zero than four. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I was. I heard three, six too, but whatever.
1: Okay, <laughs> these this printing is way too small. Okay,
0: which which <laughs> this printing is <laughs> way too small. Give me my teeth from the glass, Jeremiah. I need to go. I need to go and get some grape juice and some prune juice. Okay, go. Okay, that. you ready? Yeah.
1: Which book of the Bible immediately <laughs> precedes? Oh, great. The book of Jude.
0: Really? <laughs> precedes, not proceeds, right?
1: Precedes.
0: See, and I always mess up the New Testament. Um, I always mess up the New I the Old Testament down, but the, the New Testament. Okay, so th- I'm going to say first, second, third Peter. Third, is it third Peter? Third Peter. I'm uh, first and second Peter. Sorry, <laughs> Jude. First, second Peter. <laughs> June Revelation. Second Peter. Second <laughs> Peter is my final answer. Who what is it? <laughs> third John. <laughs> Dang it! I knew there was a third. It was a third something. Third John. <laughs> laughing at me,
1: oh, that's awesome.
0: Stop
1: staring at me. Third Peter, third. I I know I've actually got a lot of verses from third Peter. (laughs) You're such a jerk, (laughs) (laughs) I am suffering right now. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, do you want to do one more?
0: Uh, uh, if you want, yeah, let's do one more. All right, fine, let's redeem you. (laughs) Yeah, sure. I love this one. Okay. okay, go ahead. This is New Testament? Uh, no. no, no, no. I didn't get
1: the letters, numbers, and sequences. Right. So we'll, we'll redo that one. Okay, go for it. All right.
0: Do we have to redo that one? Let's do New Testament. <laughs> New Testament. Recite what Jesus said was the second great commandment.
1: Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, that's good. Okay. New Testament. Name the two sisters that Jesus visited
0: at their All right, home. Alright, let's do letters, numbers, and see I'm talking. Uh, two sisters that Jesus visited. Yes. Them. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> You're no. gonna do no, that? Go, go ahead. <laughs> what sucks is I know Mary and Martha. Jeez! Yes. That makes- <laughs> I'm like Lazarus his sisters. What am I doing? Lazarus his sisters. What's their name? Mary and Martha. Ugh. I'm just totally third Peter threw me off. Why did I say third Peter? Because you said Peter in the Because I've been talking about Peter.
1: Yes. So, and he should have written a third
0: letter. I mean, he it really would have been really good. I'm sure. I mean, come on, Peter. Yeah. What's the matter with you? He had to get crucified before he could write a third letter.
1: So, if it, so if everyone wanted to know, we apparently don't know the the sequence in the which our sequence, Bible Yes,
0: sure. <laughs> We need to do that, David. We really need to
1: read that and do that. <laughs> okay, you ready to get out of here? Yeah, let's do The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with our shows, including our brothers over in Tennessee, Finding Christ in Cinema.
0: Visit our website at Theonotsprodca- Theonotspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher, and be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a large audi- a larger audience.
1: Oh, good job there, Dylan. There, there are several ways that you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to Theonots at, at gctnetwork.com or Call us on your on our voicemail line. It has been forever since we got a voicemail. Yeah,
0: seriously. What's so up with that? Y-
1: you guys come on. It's just long distance. Come on. And that's not even a thing anymore. They
0: don't even apl- tr- apply Yeah, you,
1: you've got a cell phone, right? Seriously. So dial it right now. Pick up the cell phone right now.
0: Now this very moment. We're watching you.
1: Yeah, we well, am watching.
0: I'm gonna wait on you. While I'm memorizing the old testament. No, I'm testament. I'm waiting. Okay.
1: Nine seven two eight eight
0: five seven two seven zero. Tweet us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts.
1: If you like us and want even more Theonauts, drop us a buck or two at patreon.com slash Theonauts. Your patroness helps us in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs.
0: Uh, Music drop off. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All
1: right. Thanks for being here, Jeremiah.
0: Thank you, David Gaddy. And Dylan. Thank you, David Gaddy.
1: This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you.
0: You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At GCT is your great commission transmission the one where we take off our shoes to see how beautiful they are our feet are <laughs> <You laughs> sucks can stop. i redo that <laughs> dang it <laughs> <laughs> the one where we take off our feet dang it why the theonauts 107 the one where we take off our shoes and look at to see how <laughs> 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 <laughs>